Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. We are living in the information age, right? You know, we've had all these different ages uh, throughout time. We've had the industrial revolution. We've all these ages. But right now, we are living in what is called the information age. In fact, you have access to all the information in the world at your fingertips. And that, that's an awesome thing, right? We're, we're flooded with social media. I mean, we're getting news alerts. I was talking about on our watches. You know, we are very astute in what is going on in the world. Information is so readily available to us. And man, that has incredible advantages, doesn't it? I mean, I don't even like go to the concordance of my Bible anymore. I don't even use my Bible software to search scripture. I use Google, right? Because it's like, what is that scripture? You just search in Google and there it is. It pulls up, right? And man, we, we are so blessed in so many ways to live in this age of knowledge and, and information, and uh, there, there's a, it has incredible advantages. But can I tell you today that it also has its disadvantages, right? Because we are flooded every day by, because right now we live in an age where everybody has a voice. Never, never in human history has the opinion of every human being alive had the ability to have a platform for their opinion. Come on. And we all have opinions, Right? And opinions are kind of like armpits. Sometimes they smell okay, and other times they stink, right? And everybody's got an opinion. But the, the thing is, is because we live in the informa- information age, because we live in this social age, everybody has a platform for their opinion. Praise God. I mean, I'm glad I have a platform for my opinion. You're glad you have a pa- platform for, for your opinion. Hopefully, whenever our opinions clash... We can still love one another by the end of the day. Come on. But the, the thing is, is we all have, you know, voices bring influence to our life. The voices that we allow to speak to us, the, the opinions, the, the supposed facts that come to us, they all have the ability to influence our heart. They have the ability. And if our heart is influenced, then so is our behavior, right? And so the voices all have an opportunity to influence us. So we've got, what we've got is we've got thousands of people with a platform and a a megaphone speaking. Everybody's got a speaker. Everybody's got a way to communicate with the world. And we've got all these people telling us what we should do, how we should live, and they are fighting to carry influence in our life. Come on. Are you with me? And, uh, you know, I believe God has a voice. And I believe God in this age where there's so many voices coming at us, God is saying, will you listen to me? Will you tune out all the other voices? And will you listen to the voice? Will you listen to the main voice? Are you with me? And, and uh, you know, we've got to decide. We've got to decide to tune out the negative Come on. We've got to tune, a, tune out sometimes what people call facts because they read it on the internet. We've got to tune out opinions. We've got to tune out mean spirits. And we've got to tune in to the voice of our Father. You know, I love uh, the UFC. I love MMA. Uh, I really just enjoy watching people just beat the tar out of one another because I don't get to beat anybody up, you know? Like, I mean, that's something that I had to lay down when I came to Jesus. Not that I ever really beat up people. But but if I wanted to, I wouldn't do that because I follow Jesus. So I would just watch somebody else beat each other up, and I can let my aggression out through them, vicariously living through the fighters that are fighting. Not really, but kind of. So, 
But one of the things in MMA is you watch MMA, you you have a guy that has his corner, like a, a fighter has his corner. And so what happens is that these are the guys that train with, they know where he's good, they know where he's not good. They've also been studying his opponent. They know where he's good, they know where he's not good. And so they come out, they come into the ring, and they got their entourage, and they go out and they got their music pumping, right? I know if it was you, you would have like celebrate Jesus, celebrate, playing over, celebrate Jesus. If You probably wouldn't, I hope not. And so they go out. You know, whatever, and they're going out there to knock somebody's head off their shoulders, and they come into the ring, and they're in the ring, and then the fight starts. And when the fight starts, there's all these voices around the arena going, punch him in the face, kick him, put him in the headlock. You know what I'm saying? Whatever voice they are saying, everybody in the arena has their opinion on what the fighter should do. But in the man's corner who is fighting are these guys that are there. He's got his coach, and he's got his trainer, and he's probably got a cut guy. And so between the rounds, he can go and he can hear them very clearly. But can I tell you that during the fight, a good fighter will learn to tune out all the other voices in the arena. And a good fighter, a wise fighter, will know that I need to listen to my coach. And you can even watch the commentators sometimes. They'll say they need to listen to their coaches. Their coaches are telling her to do this. And many times the success of a fighter is not his ability with his skill or how strong he is or how hard he trained, but his success in the fight is dictated by how willing is he to tune in to the voice of his coach or to his trainer. Because, see, they have a different view. They, they see things that he can't see. They can see the holes. They can see what's coming before he ever sees it coming. Can I tell you today that if we are going to be a successful people, if we are going to fight this fight well, we're going to have to learn to tune out the voices. Everybody's got opinions. They've got great things to say. They might be things that are even helpful. But there's a few voices in our life that really can carry some influence that will help us win. Jesus said this in John chapter 6, verse 63. He says, the words that I have spoken, they are spirit and they are life. They are pneuma. They are the breath. And they are life, the zoe, the, the, the things of life. If you want to have spirit in your life, if you want to have life in your life, and you're not just living like a machine, Come on, that checks in and punches the clock and does the grind and sits on your phone for for four hours. If you want more to life, it's not found by all the voices that are speaking, but it's by the voice of Jesus. If we want spirit and we want life, we've got to learn to tune out the voices that are death. Come on, The, the voices that are monotony, complacency. We must learn to tune in to the voice of Jesus. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 4. He said, man does not live by bread alone. Come on. You guys know how it is. You know how it is waking up, working eight hours, living to work instead of working to live. You guys know what I'm talking about? You guys know how it is to go through the grind, to go from one problem, one struggle, one situation to the next problem, struggle, situation, and you're just on a... Man, I I lived like that for a little while. I ain't gonna lie to you. Even in my walk with Jesus, I felt like that I was was doing some things. I was going somewhere, but I really wasn't. It was like I was working out every day. It's like I was on a treadmill, but I wasn't really going anywhere. Listen, that is not the plan of God for you. But if we are going to know the plan of God, that we don't live by bread alone, but we live, we have real life 
the Zoe kind of life, the abundant life. How do we live? By eating? No, by hearing the voice of our Father. If we can learn to tune out the voices and tune into the voice of Jesus, into what God is saying, then we will be a people that, listen, that don't just get by in life, but thrive at life, succeed at life, live with purpose, live with destiny, give life to others, be encouraged. Come on. Oh, that we would hear the voice of God. Can I tell you today that it's not just during and after the battle that we know the voice and it, but it's also in defeat that we hear the voice. And that's usually when we're, God, what's going on, right, when we're in defeat? But how about when we're in victory? Can I tell you today that sometimes the greatest battle that you'll face is not, the, the inward battle you'll face is not within your defeat, but it's within your victory. Because sometimes we come over through the, the side of something great and we forget all about God. I don't need to hear God now because I got through this difficulty I'm doing pretty good. And can I tell you today, God really likes to talk to you. God really likes to communicate to you. He's more frustrated. Listen, when yeah, but you guys know how it is when you're trying to hear from God and you're like, God, I just want to hear from you. I'm so frustrated. Can I tell you today that your heavenly father is more frustrated than you? The question is not if is God speaking. The question is, are we listening? Because he's always speaking. It's what he does. He speaks. When I think about victories, I, I think about this man named Elijah. You guys know Elijah. Now, not to be confused with Elisha. Just gonna, let me give you a little trick for you in case you're ever talking in front of somebody and you're afraid you're going to mess up between Elijah and Elisha because that could be confusing. Just remember in the alphabet, J comes before S. Elijah came before Elisha. So that'll help you out. I know in your mind, you're the right person, but that's what I always do uh, to remember that. So Elijah, you guys have heard the story about Elijah on Mount Carmel. You guys have heard that where he comes and he fights against the prophets of Baal and he brings everybody out and they put the sacrifice and he, he says, the God who answers by fire, he is God. You guys have heard this story. So what happens is Elijah goes and he has this great thing and this manifestation of heaven comes down and burns up the sacrifice and then he kills all the prophets of Baal, 450 prophets that were opposing him, that were trying to kill him, and he wins a single man against an army of prophets of 450 people, and he comes out on top. Party, right? I mean, that's like something to like take a couple of years off of and just be like, remember that day? I mean, that, that's something most of us, we win a victory like that. We just live the rest of our life enjoying the victory. So what happens we see, in, and that was in chapter 18 of 1 Kings, but in, in 1 Kings chapter 19, it says that Elijah was afraid and ran from his life. Now, I don't, I don't understand how someone who just came through a victory like that would run from your life. Well, you got to understand, in the verses before that, it says that there's this woman named Jezebel. Now, Jezebel was married to the king Ahab, and Jezebel had a reputation for destroying the prophets of God. So as soon as he took out this army of prophets, the prophets of Baal, Jezebel was going to go after Elijah. So it says he's afraid of this one woman. Now, she has some influence. We're not going to lie. She, actually influ- she was actually ruling the kingdom that Ahab had. But it says this, that he was afraid and fled for his life, and he went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, And he left his servant there, and he went on alone. Everybody say, don't do that. You don't go on alone. Mm. (laughs) 
<laughs> Somebody laughed at me. Thank you. Then he went on alone. <laughs> Was that a pity laugh? Into the wilderness, traveling a day, and he sat under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. Now, I don't get it. I mean, you should be like, you should be like getting together with some people. You know, you should be celebrating. You should be popping some fireworks or something. What are you doing? He went alone, didn't have anybody to celebrate with, ran out, and he said, Lord, take my life. How many know that he was depressed? For I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. As he is sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. And he looked around, and there beside his head was some bread, sorry, bread, bread baked on hot stones in a jar of water. And so he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead of you will be too much for you. And so he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough, enough strength to travel for 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai. Everybody say, Mount Sinai. That's a good place to be. The mountain of God. Then he came to the cave where he spent the night, but the Lord said to him, what? What are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah replied, I've zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, tore down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left. Now, that wasn't true, but that's what he was saying. That's the way he was feeling. And now they're trying to kill me too. God says, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. I mean, they all know that's like a tornado. And the Lord was not in the wind. Oh, get this. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, and the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire... There was a gentle whisper. Now listen, you picture this. He's praying, God, I, I need to hear from you. Like, I just got through this victory. Now I'm facing another battle. This woman Jezebel is about to kill me. I'm all alone. I need to hear from God. God shows up. What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to be there celebrating your victory, getting ready for the next thing, and you ran off. What are you doing here? He said, God, I want to hear from you. And so God tells him, he said, well, go out and you stand outside. Go out. Get out of your cave and come out. And he sees this wind blow through. Now, if you, if you see a wind, you know a wind, you feel the wind. But I believe it was probably like a tornado or, you know, hurricane-type winds because it was breaking the rocks up. And so he goes out and he's like, can you imagine? I mean, at that moment, you're like, yeah, come on, God. I'm about to hear from the Lord. Woo! The Lord's not in the wind. Then there was like an earthquake. Oh, yeah, here it comes. Yeah, he's going to speak to me, right? The earthquake passes. The Lord was not in the quake. Then a fire. Surely God's in the fire. I mean, he's a consuming fire. This is you. It's the Lord. It's the moment. The Lord was not in the fire. Then it says, there was a gentle whisper. There was a gentle whisper. After that, the sound of a gentle whisper, and when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in the cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave, and the voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? You see, we all want the big, boom, loud voice of God. But can I tell you today that oftentimes, and God speaks in those ways many times, but oftentimes, 
And I believe most times God speaks in a whisper. Why does God speak in a whisper oftentimes? Because to hear a whisper, you got to be close. And God likes to be close with his people. And so what happens is many times we want the big booming thing because that doesn't require intimacy. It doesn't require a relationship with God to have the big boom flash in the lights. God is speaking. He's saying, will you get close enough to me? Will you quiet down? Will you tune out the other voices so you can hear this one thing that I'm about to say? And it's going to be breathy. And it's going to be quiet. But can I tell you today that when Elijah heard that whisper, it came with a wind. Come on, there was a wind in the whisper. And there was a shaking in the whisper. And there was a fire in the whisper. But he had to get alone and he had to get close and he had to say, God, what are you saying? Leslie and I have this thing about whispering. We have some intense fellowship about whispering because I don't have the best hearing. Kind of ruined that leading worship for a long time. And I gotta be close to hear the whisper. I can't hear your whisper from across the room. I can't hear your whisper when I'm across town or I'm distant. In order to hear the whisper, I gotta get up close. I mean, you know, the whispers are for intimate people. Come on. It's for relationship. There's something calming about a whisper. You know, it says in Psalms 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes to know that he's God, we've got to tune down, to dial down, to put our phone down, to put anything away that would distract us and just be still and still our soul and say, God, what are you saying? I love how Elijah was not where he was supposed to be, but God still spoke to him. Right? He still had to tune out. He still had to tune down and realize that it's not always in the big booming echo. It's not always so dramatic when God speaks. You know, the most powerful times when God has spoke to me, it was not a big moment. I remember when God uh, called us out here to plant this church. It was not a Josh in the middle of the night. Bright light. And the Lord saying, to Grand Prairie and plant a church. It will be better than you can imagine. But it will also be harder. But I will be with you. No, I wasn't like that at all. I walked out of this room that we were staying and the Holy Spirit just tugged on my heart in a gentle whisper and said, don't you want to do it here? Uh, I guess. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> it wasn't even a yes. Come on. Are you with me? But when we get the word, we get the wind, we get the fire, we get the shaking. When we get the whisper. So how does God speak? Again, the question is not, is God speaking? The question is, are we listening? 
And I believe, and I'm going to talk about five ways this morning for you, give you something real practical. Y'all okay with that? I'm going to talk about five ways this morning on how God speaks to us. How many I want to hear from the Lord? Now, Jesus said this in John chapter 10, verse 27. He said, my sheep know me, or my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So in order to really follow Jesus, you've got to know what he's saying. Come on, are you with me? And so it's God's, listen, it is God's intention for you to be in a relationship. There is, don't tell me that, that God doesn't speak today and then call this a relationship. Because in a relationship, there's got to be communication. So it is the heart of the Father for you to hear him speak. So the question is not God speaking. The question is, are we listening? Are we following close enough to hear the whispers? Are we following close enough to see the dramatic if it happens? If we want to follow Jesus, like a good sheep follows his shepherd, then, then living connected with his voice is crucial. So the first way that, that God speaks to us is by, number one, the clarity of his word. The clarity of his word. Now, we have a benefit over New Testament Christianity in this. We have a Bible. They didn't have that. Now, sometimes we value that more than the spirit that they had, and I think that we can come into a problem with that. But the good thing about having a scripture, an infallible scripture, is that God will never say anything or lead us anywhere that is different than what his word says because his word we have is a grid to tell us this is God's nature. This is how he speaks. That's why you can't say, well, God told me, oh, Lord, where do I go here? (laughs) God told me to sin or God told me to do something that was contrary to his nature, anything that contradicts the word of God. God will never call you to do something that contradicts what the word says clearly, never. And if someone ever says that, you say, well, the word says, The word has more authority than what you think. And if you heard a voice that told you to do something contrary to what the word says, it wasn't God. It was probably the devil. Because God can't change. So we have this book of history of how God speaks in his nature. And we learn a lot. And can I tell you today, though, is you get familiar with the word of God and you understand God's ways and you get in the word of God. When God speaks, you'll know it's the Lord. And you'll know when it's not the Lord because you've learned how God speaks. You learn how God functions. So now whenever you do something, you're like, man, that kind of reminds me of something. And you look back, you're like, oh, well, look what the word says. It says it right here in the word. Well, you familiarized yourself with his word. Listen, even if you don't have a specific and clear word, like you've got a job, you go to a job interview, right? It's making double the money that you've ever made. But the caveat is, is in this job, there's some little beneath the table immoral things. Well, it's an open door and there's more money. I think maybe the Lord's opening this door. Maybe the Lord is not opening that door. Well, God's opened up this relationship to me. I'm in this relationship, and you're living sexually immoral in that relationship. You need to dial it back. You need to get it right. God might have brought that person into your life, but he didn't bring that activity. 
So just because the door is open doesn't mean you walk through it. Well, how do we how do we know? How do we know if this is right? We know because we have we have built the grid of scripture in our life to say this is how God speaks. This is what God says says. And there are some things in scripture that are very very clear. And uh, you know you can you can start sorting through your issues and and that's why it's always important to have people in your life that are more knowledgeable about the word than you are. So whenever you have these conversations about making life decisions or things that are specific, you can say, well, man, I just don't really know what God's saying about this. Well, does the word say anything about it? No, but the word shows God's nature is this way. It doesn't say I'm not supposed to take that job specifically, but it does say that I'm supposed to not be into thievery, right? And so I probably shouldn't take that job. Based upon the nature of God, I know that it's not his will. Uh, Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So the word of God shows us the way. You don't have to pray whether or not to obey the Bible. (laughs) Right? Well, the Bible says this, but, you know, I just love the person so much and there's just so much money to be made. You don't, you don't have to pray about what the Word says. In fact, you pray what the Word says. You pray what the Word Lord, this is what it says. This is what I'm praying. You want to have safe prayers? Pray the Word. It's good stuff to pray. Lord, the disciples had it. I have it. The power to lay hands on sick people. Lord, that's what I want in my life. I want somebody sick, them to get healed. I want that in my life. Ask for it. Go after it because it's promised in Scripture. Pray the Word. Pray the word. It's life in the word. There's life in the word. All right. That's my, uh, yeah, Joyce Meyer impersonation. There's life in the word. There is life in the word. The clarity of his word. Number two, the voice of our father. Now, sometimes the voice of God is dramatic. Now, I don't know. Um, there are times in my life where I'm like, I've been kind of like, I'm not sure if it was audible or if it wasn't. Some of you might have had that, those moments before. You're like, was it audible? Did anybody else hear that? Like, for instance, when I was a child, I used to hear all the time my name being called. I'd be out playing with my friends, and I would hear my name being called, Josh, and I'd go home. Because that's what we did back then. We, you, you turned the light on. That's how you called your kids in, or you yelled. That's, we didn't have, you know, all the, we didn't get on Facebook and be like, come home. And so I remember I'd go home back when I was a little daddy, and uh, what's up, mom? What's up what? I don't know, you tell me. Well, weren't you calling me? No, I wasn't calling you. I mean, it happened over and over and over again as a kid. I remember my name being called, and then it was probably about, a, about 10 years ago, we were in a worship service, and, and the Lord told me, he said, do you remember? Do you remember when you heard your name called? He said, that was me, I was calling your name. I was like, oh, dang. And so there are sometimes when our father speaks and it's very evident, right? So if you're like, is God speaking? You're going to know in most cases. Now, I didn't know because I wasn't in tune with the Lord. I didn't know the Lord. So I wasn't familiar with his voice. He was calling me. And the Lord showed me. He's like, I had a destiny for your whole life and you ran for it for 16 years. But I was calling you when you were eight. I remember we were singing. I was leading worship. I was singing. I was like, remember when you were only eight? I was all coming out. I'm like prophesying to somebody. And I'm like, oh, that's me. (laughs) Wow. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. But I love what Jesus says. John 12, verse 49. He said, I do not speak of my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me 
what to say and how to say it. And I know this command leads to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. See, Jesus is the prototype for us. Jesus is the King of glory. Jesus is God in the flesh. But Jesus also shows us man in proper relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so us, being a child of God, we should live like Jesus, that we live at a function that says, I do what the Father is saying. I'm led by the voice of my Father. Are you with me? And I never get away from that. I never get independent of what my Father is saying. Oh, come on. In the kingdom, the goal isn't to get independent and move out of the house. In the kingdom, it's backwards. We try to get more dependent upon God and his voice. So the voice of our Father, number one, the clarity of his word. Number two, the voice of our Father. Number three, the leading of the Spirit. The leading of the Spirit. Now, most of the time, most of the time when people say this, they say, they say well, God told me. Y'all, y'all hear that? Okay. And uh, we, we hear that. God told me, God told me, God told me. And I think, first of all, I say be careful with that. Be careful with that. Right? Oh, God told me. Because once God tells you something, it, it's absolute. Like, there's no, like, changing that. And so make sure when you're like, God told me, that's different than saying, I feel like the Lord is saying. So I say when you're going to use God's name and you're going to attach him to saying something, you might want to be careful and make sure it's him before you absolutely say, God told me. I mean, you don't want to take the Lord's name in vain. Come on. I mean, he is a holy God, and he's not real fond of people representing him when that's not what he's saying. Especially when you're speaking for somebody else. Oh, come on. But we do have this thing called the leading of the Spirit. And this is one of the way. this is really the way that God leads our lives. Scripture talks about walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. So one of the ways that God speaks to us is by us living not just a Spirit-filled life, but a Spirit-led life. We When, when people say, well, what is your church? What do y'all do? I, I try not to say, well, we're a, I tell people we're a spirit-filled church, but our ambition is to be a spirit-led church, not a spirit-filled church. That doesn't mean that people don't lead because the Holy Spirit uses people. Come on. And so, but really what we want to be is we want to be a spirit-led people. We want to be a spirit-fed people, and we want to be a, a spirit-functioning person. We want to release the gift of God that is in us. Um, John fourteen twenty six. Jesus says this, but the counselor... And there's many words in that in the Hebrew. Uh, counselor is one of the words. The word advocate, another word is paraclete. Parakletos is the actual word there. And that means one that comes alongside of you. Okay? So he says, the Holy Spirit, the Father will send in my name, the paraclete, will teach you all things. Oh, come on. So when my kids have a test, you know what I pray when we're going to school? I'm like, Lord, I pray, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that they'll know things that they didn't know before, that your Holy Spirit will teach them even at that moment when they're taking that test. Some, one of these days, you're going to be working at work. Working at work, that's a good thing to do when you're working. You're going to be working at work. You're going to be doing something at work. You're going to be doing something around the house that you don't know how to do, and the Holy Spirit's going to teach you. You just got to ask him. You said all things. He will teach you all things. That's a lot of things. He will teach you all things. And listen, and he will remind you. Oh, I love this. He will remind you of everything I have said. So really the way that Christ speaks to us is through the Holy Spirit. That word there in the Greek, that word remind, is the word residue. And some of you have heard me teach on this before. But I have a coffee cup in my office. 
right? And so on Sundays, I like to drink out of my porcelain mug because I'm old school. It's not one of those paper ones. Um, you have to bring your own just like I did, um, you know, if you want to do that. And uh, maybe we could provide those one day, but not right now. And so I have this blue coffee cup in my office. And so on Sunday mornings, I get a cup of coffee and I walk around in my pretty blue. I mean, you guys see that cup walking around? You say, well, so you got a cup like that. Because I bought it and I'm leave it here. And so I walk around my blue cup and I drink my coffee. Well, when I come in on Monday and I look at that coffee cup, there's a little brown ring on the bottom of it. I know it's gross. But why is that there? Well, because I didn't rinse it out. Because I didn't dilute the fluid that's in there. And so there's a little bit of residue of the coffee. And so when Jesus said this, I will remind you of things. The word is actually residue. That because the disciples were spending time with Jesus, he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to remind you of things. This is why you get in church, you get word in you, and you're out living, or you read your word, and you get word in you, you're out living, and then all of a sudden you're reminded of something. Well, what is that? That's the Holy Spirit. Because, see, you have residue in you. That's why it's good for you to be in church, because you're getting the word in you for, you know, two hours. Hopefully not. Hopefully under 50 minutes most of the time. I try to shoot lower than that. But hopefully that, hopefully that, that even though you might not get everything, hopefully there's a little residue in there for the week. Or you read the Word. Let me restate that. Or when you read the Word, you read the Word, the Word gets in you. You're out living, and you're doing life, and you're like, oh, yeah. And in the Word it says, and you're like, the Word it says. Right? How many of you have ever had that happen? Like the word of God comes out of you, you're like, and you're like, preach the word, and you're like, that was good. Right? But you're like surprised as everybody else. Come on, come on, you know it. That you're like, dang, that's good. I didn't even know I had that in me. It's in you. The residue is in you. It's always there. And so Jesus said this. He said, I'm going to put my Holy Spirit. See, what that is, is when that happens, that's the Spirit of God. That's the Spirit of God reminding you of the things that Jesus said, reminding you of the nature. That's why many times when you're doing, acting, being, doing something that you're not supposed to do, and you're like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. Reminder. It's like that reminder going off on your phone. Bling. I don't know about you guys, but I use that all the time. I have a reminder. Remind me today not to forget to bring home the envelopes from the church. Right? Remind me when I get to the church to make sure that the lights are plugged in. And, I, and then I get the little buzzer, right? So I have this awesome little app. Can I tell you that there's a built-in app inside of you called a reminder, and it's the Holy Spirit. And he will remind you of the things that Jesus said. He will bring to light the Word of God that you've heard or that you've read or that you've experienced or a moment that you've had. So when that happens, rejoice. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. What would Jesus say? The Holy Spirit will show you what he said. Uh, Romans 8 says it this way. He will bear witness. He will bear witness. He will bear a testimony. That sometimes you just have a, we, we used to call it this way. When I first got saved, they call it this, the witness of the Spirit. And that's real spiritual sounding. And then I was walking along, and I felt the witness of the Spirit. Everybody's like, oh, come on, I want a witness. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. So you need a little witness of the Spirit. I need a little witness. We bear witness. We have that witness inside of us. So when the Holy Spirit reminds you, understand, hey, this is the Lord speaking to me, and that's good. So most of the time when someone says, 
God told me, they're saying, I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my spirit that God is saying this. And be careful about how you use that. Are you all okay with me on that? Because we get real abusive sometimes. Well, God said, I think, you better be careful on what you think God said. Now, there, you got the scripture that says what God says, and you can absolutely declare that. And there are other things. I believe that, that God does speak audibly sometimes, and there are things, especially for your own life, that you can, that you can hang a hat on. All right? Number four, the happenings of life. Did you know that God can speak to you through life circumstances? Huh? Most of the time, we don't like that process. Uh, normally, when something happens to us that we don't like, we say, why is this happening? Right? God, why is this happening? Why are you doing this? And he's like, well, first of all, I'm not doing it. But I am always speaking. So what we've got to do is when we're, we're, we're faced up against a difficult situation or a frustrating situation, it's not to ask, question God in the sense of go, well, why is this happening to me? It's better to go, God, what are you saying? What are you saying through this situation? What are you saying through this circumstance? You know, many times we want God to speak to us on the way that we want God to speak to us. It's like on our terms. But God, I, if I was Elijah, I want the freaking earthquake. I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. Earthquake, let's go. That's what I want. I don't want the, I want the, this is the Lord. Yeah, I want the epic moment. Come on. You know what I'm saying? I went through loudspeakers. I want to, like, feel it in my core. You know what I'm saying? I want to, yes, I have a core inside there. Um, but sometimes we won't allow him to speak because it's not, because it's in a package we don't like. Um, now, I'm not going to say this. Not all obstacles are closed doors, and not all opportunities are open doors. Keep in mind that, okay? So you use wisdom on whatever door. Well, it looks like an open door. My, there, that door might be open to a cliff. So just because it's open don't mean you're supposed to walk through it. You need to pray about that kind of stuff. Now, listen, there's a story, a parable about this man. And uh, I love his story. He's in his house, and there's a flood coming. And, man, the water's starting to come. And he's like, God, would you just save me? Save me, God, from this storm. All of a sudden, he hears a knock on the door. And it's some of his friends, and there's like four of his friends at the back of the truck and two of his friends in the front of the truck. And they're like, come on, man, the storm's coming. You, you should come with us. No, 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 no. I'm waiting on God. All right. <laughs> they leave. A couple hours later, the water's starting to come in. His couch is floating. Kind of hanging out in his house, and a police boat comes by. Hello, is there anybody in the building? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in here. Well, come out here. We're here to save you. Nope. I'm waiting on God. Waiting on the Lord. Shaba shaba. <laughs> All right, see? So anyway, the floodwaters rise, and the guy gets up on his roof, and he's just sitting on his roof. God, would you save me? Would you save me? And here comes this helicopter. That was a terrible hit. Sir, if you want to be saved, grab the rope. No, I'm good. I'm waiting on God to save me. So the rescue team flies off. So the dude drowns. He's standing before God. And he's like, what's up, God? What's up with that? That ain't cool. 
He's like, you let me die out there. Why didn't you send somebody? He's like, listen, pal, I sent your friends in a truck. I sent the police in a boat. And I sent the rescue team in a helicopter, and every time you wanted something else. Can I tell you today that many times God's provision is in a package we don't want, but we got to take it as our good, wise, heavenly Father brings it to us. So quit saying, why is this happening, and say, what, God, what are you saying? Number five, the wisdom of our community. So we got number one, the clarity of his word, the voice of our father, the leading of the spirit, the happenings of life, and the wisdom of our community. Now, the community are the people that you do in life with. It says this, Colossians chapter 3. You know, it's interesting. I run into people all the time. They're like, I just want to hear what God's saying. And I'm like, what kind of community are you in? What do you mean? Like, who do you spend time with? Oh, man, just usually like friends from work or whatever, like all these like unbelievers. You need to be a lot of the world. There's nothing wrong with having unbelieving friends. But where you spend most of your time is the voice that you're listening to. And voices influence our choices. Show, show me the, the character of a man, and I'll show you the people that he's hanging out with. Uh, Colossians chapter 3 says this, Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. We all want peace. Come on. Amen. Shabbat. I love that. Since the members of one body, we are called to peace. We're called to peace, so let peace rule and be thankful. Then it says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. What's that talking about? It's talking about the voice of Jesus. Let, his, let the words of Jesus dwell in you richly as, as you teach and admonish one another. So what's that saying? That's saying the word of Christ dwells in me richly, but it also dwells richly in Pastor Dalton. Sometimes... In order to let the word of Christ dwell in me richly, I got to take a withdrawal from what God is speaking to Dalton richly. Because he's got the riches and the wisdom in that department, and I don't have the wisdom in that department. So what I need to do, because we're in community, is I need to get around Dalton and let him teach and admonish me. Are you with me? And as I spend time with him, and as he allows the word of Christ to dwell in him, all of a sudden I'm hearing from the Lord. Why? Because Dalton knows how. It's not because he's so much more spiritual than me, just a little bit. But he's been around that corner before. If I go to Quincy, Illinois, I let Dalton drive because that's where he's from. He used to stay in Quincy. So what do I do if I go to Quincy? I ask Dalton, how do you get there? And there's no pride in that because we're brothers in the Lord. And I can draw and let the word of Christ dwell in me richly as I teach and admonish one another. And we sing songs together is what it says. Hymns, spiritual songs. We can get into all that. that we can get real, real deep into that. But listen, the point here is this. You want the word of Christ to dwell in you richly? Then you need to get around some people that have the word of Christ in them. And sometimes you, sometimes Dalton's got the word for me that I'm seeking. And I'm going, well, I'm just waiting for, can I tell you today? Sometimes your spouse has the word for you. A lot of times, but sometimes it comes in a package that we don't like. This is what we do when we're in community, sometimes. 
is we get a word we don't like from one of our brothers or sisters, and we shut them down, and we go away. And God says, I had a word for you in that person. And you're like, I'm waiting for the Lord to save me. And he's like, well, I sent a boat. I sent a helicopter. I sent a truck. I've been trying to speak to you, but you've alienated yourself under offense. Come on. Something that I called you not to do. And you've eliminated yourself from what I'm saying. How I many know that there's power? So, uh, it says this in Proverbs that there is wisdom in the multitude of counsel. So many times God is speaking to you through the, the influences that are in your life. And the influences that are in your life might be your pastor a little bit, might be your boss a little bit, but the greatest influences in your life are the people you run with. So get around people you run with. So what we're going to do in this series over the next month is we're going to listen to some of the voices at Overflow. We're going to listen from Paul, Pastor Dalton and Pastor Brooke and Pastor Nathan and Pastor Jen. We're going to listen to some of the other voices in this church because I believe that they've got the Word of Christ in there richly where I don't have the Word of Christ in me richly. So I need to draw from that. So we're going to be hearing from them as we continue this series.